ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Friday, May 26th. We're getting set for the Memorial Day weekend. Welcome in for this edition of Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're going to open up our text line this hour. We do that at 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. It'll be open lines throughout the show. It's just you and me. You can also find me on Twitter. If you prefer social media, I'm at Paul Swan. We're going to get into the news a little bit later on of Marshall University nominating Randy Moss for the College Football Hall of Fame. We'll break that down a little bit more. We'll also take a look. It's something I've been wanting to talk about for a couple of days. Haven't had a chance to just yet, but it's it's something that could have held a few days. It's not exactly breaking news so that's the good thing it's the whole sunbelt scheduling guidelines and penalties that conversation so i want to get into that if we have time hopefully we will but you also help guide the show and again we do that at 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 so uh, anybody have any special plans for the memorial day holiday and of course you know, part of that is remembering those that have passed away, and I hope you have an opportunity to do that, or at least you know, if you haven't the opportunity that somebody else can do that in your stead. And, of course, that's meaning as well, Going, putting the flowers on, remembering those. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really it's a holiday that I think sometimes we forget what it's all about, and so it means a little bit more to me. And I think it means a lot to uh, a lot of people here, but uh, it's it's definitely a, a holiday that uh, we also enjoy opportunity to have that extra day off and take care of some personal business and at the same time enjoy the time off. So we've got a lot of sports action this weekend. Believe it or not, the NBA has been extended to Game 5 in the East Finals. Derek White led the Celtics with 24 points and six three-pointers. Marcus Smart contributed 23 points at five assists. I'm sorry, five steals. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown scored 21 points each. So now the Celtics trail the Heat 3-2 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston is trying to become the first team in NBA history to overcome a 3-0 deficit in the best-of-seven series. So game six coming up Saturday night in Miami. We've got that for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, Duncan Robinson did lead the Heat with 18 points. We've also got more to go with in the west of the NHL. So the Celtics get the win in game five, extend the East Finals 110 to 97. It was exciting to a degree, but I was watching the Golden Knights take on the Dallas Stars. It goes to overtime. And Joe Pavolsky hasn't seen the score sheet all series long, gets the game winner on a power play in overtime, and the Stars get the win over the Golden Knights 3-2 in overtime. So the Stars winning their first game in the Western Conference Final. Dallas had solid, and I mean solid, play in net by Jake Ottinger. Had 37 saves in goal for the Stars. He was blitzkrieg. He was crushed 
And the last game had to be pulled. He came back strong, and here we go. We might have a series in the West, and of course the Stanley Cup is coming up as well. We'll have those games when not conflicting with the NBA, and I've kind of seen the schedule. I think we're going to be good. So we'll be able to have those games. The majority of that's going to be on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340, as we've got Pirates Baseball. Now the Pirates open up a series tonight, 10-10 in Seattle. We're going to have the game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So looking forward to seeing if the Pirates can get some wins back on the board. It's a busy Memorial Day schedule. And, of course, everything's starting tonight with the Chicago White Sox at Detroit. That's coming up at 640. Also want to highlight St. Louis at Cleveland, 710 tonight. The Reds were in action earlier today. Pretty good series coming up. I think the... Texas-Baltimore series tonight at 7.05 should be fun to watch as well. So, busy night in MLB. A couple games in the WNBA. Washington at Chicago tonight at 8 o'clock. And Dallas at Seattle at 10 o'clock. So, that's what it looks like as far as we head into the weekend. Lots of sports action this weekend. Hopefully, the NBA can continue on. I'd like to – I know this is strange for me to say this, but I'd like to see Boston make this a seven-game series. Absolutely would love to see that, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'd like to see the Stars come back on the Golden Knights in the NHL. I don't know if that's going to fully happen, but I think the Celtics are on their way. The Stars at least get one reprieve, not necessarily the best Game 5 team when it comes to elimination. So that's what all of that looks like, and of course, we'll have all the NBA games this weekend. You can tune in especially to our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We'll have games including the Pirates and we'll have the NBA as well. So as long as the NBA is not conflicting with the Pirates, you can lock it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So let's get into the big news of the day when we continue. Marshall University has nominated Randy Moss for the College Football Hall of Fame. And you're probably thinking to yourself, what took so long? What took so long? Well, in the release earlier today, Marshall University Athletic Director Christian Spears said, we are disappointed in ourselves that this nomination was not submitted sooner. But as the Director of Athletics at Marshall University, it is my absolute privilege to formally submit the request for the induction of Randy Moss into the College Football Hall of Fame. And that is Christian Spears, Marshall's Athletic Director. So how does this work? Before we get into all the things Randy Moss did, all the highlights of his career, we'll run all of that down here in the next segment, and we'll get your thoughts on him as well. And again, I'm going to open up the text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So here's how that works. Nominations may only be submitted by the current athletic director, head coach, or sports information director of a potential candidate's Collegiate institution. So I don't see sports information directors just doing that on their own. They have the capability to do that, but I don't see SIDs just going out and making that decision for themselves. I, hey, I'm I'm going to nominate this person. I, I don't see that happening because you would obviously want to talk to the head coach. You would want to talk to the athletic director. So I can see a head coach. Maybe going to an athletic director and saying, hey, we need to make this nomination. But 
I would think this would come through the athletic director with the blessing if it came through the coach or came through the SID. I mean, your mileage may vary. It depends on the athletic department. But this is how it works. It's, yeah, I can't just go out there and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate Randy Moss. That's my guy. I'm going to nominate him. I can't do that. Now, a player becomes eligible for consideration by the Honors Court, National Football Foundation's Honors Court. It's 10 full seasons after his final year of football played. And we're talking college. 10 years after his college career is over, becomes eligible. And then once you're on the ballot, once you're on the ballot, it's emailed to all dues-paying National Football Foundation chapter members, uh, NFF academic members, and Football Writers Association of America members to vote. The FWAA. So that's where I get to go in and say, I'm going to vote for Randy Moss. I have a vote, so don't yell at me. Don't yell at me if it's it's not unanimous. If he doesn't make the ballot, the final ballot for me to vote on, if he doesn't, he doesn't make that process, he doesn't make the final cut, which I'm sure he will, but if he doesn't make the final cut, don't yell at me. I have a vote, but don't yell at me. I'm not one of the voters that got it wrong. So Randy Moss being nominated officially by the Marshall University Athletic Department. We're going to talk more about that with you. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. We'll do that when we continue here on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Friday edition. It's May 26th. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is open, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So the news came out earlier today that Marshall University has nominated Randy Moss for College Football Hall of Fame. So it's official. University wanted to get that out today. The nomination was submitted by Marshall University Director of Athletics Christian Spears to the National Football Foundation. And... As a current athletic director, he is one of three people at the institution that can nominate, and the other people that can nominate are the football coach, the head coach, or the sports information director. So why Randy Moss? Why should Randy Moss be in the College Football Hall of Fame? So the one thing that he did above and beyond is he elevated Marshall University. Marshall University was building a reputation in the 1AA ranks, who won the 1992 National Championship. Competitive. Had some good games with Youngstown State. Didn't win that series of, of games. Beat them one time out of three in the 1AA playoffs. Marshall got back to the championship game in 95. Lost that game. And so 1996 comes around, and Randy Moss, he's on the team. He's on team 96-97. And with him, set numerous records at the national conference and school level while playing for Marshall. And his two seasons with the Thundering Herd, he caught 174 passes for 3,529 yards and 54 touchdowns. 1997 includes setting the FBS record for touchdown receptions at 26 
and winning the Bolitnikoff Award as the nation's top wide receiver. And of course, he was part of that 1996 team, got the 1AA National Championship victory, and while Randy Moss was here, Marshall, 28-3 overall. National Championship at the 1AA level and a Mid-American Conference Championship. So good news there. Marshall starting to become more and more of a presence, especially in the Mid-American Conference. And so he's now officially been nominated. So he ended his career in 1997. So he would have been eligible in 2007. 2007, Randy Moss would have been eligible. And so now it's Friday, May 26, 2023. So a guy that would have been eligible in 2007 just now got nominated. And, of course, Randy went on to have a tremendous career in the NFL, and there's going to be a lot of people who debate who's the greatest wide receiver of all time, and Randy Moss's name's going to come up. There are going to be those arguments, hey, Jerry Rice was better. And there are a lot of nice things that uh, came out of Marshall today talking about Randy. And for example, Marshall University football coach Charles Huff, who was in the NFL, who has, uh, has coaching experience in the NFL, and he said to this day, there has arguably never been a better collegiate wide receiver to play the game. Young kids, the future of the game, wanted to play just like him. And a lot of the conversation is that you had to adjust the game to adjust for people like Randy Moss. Chad Pennington said he was the ultimate competitor in today's release. Beyond his athletic ability, his competitive nature and desire to win were unique and special. Bob Pruitt just said it best. He he is just awesome on and off the field. I am so proud of him for what he has done in football and after football. Marshall University's president, Brad Smith, said perhaps there has been no more impactful West Virginian-born football player in history than Randy Moss, who turned Marshall into a national name. And Christian Spears added, Randy Moss has already done so much to put Marshall University in the national landscape in college football, and this nomination is one way that we can hopefully give back to him. And, of course, that's on top of the comment earlier, the quote, and again, this is from the release, that Christian Spears said that we, speaking about the university, speaking about the athletic department, the royal we here, you know, we as the athletic department, are disappointed in ourselves that this nomination was not submitted sooner. But as the director of athletics at Marshall University, it is, it's his privilege. He, he gets to do this. So here he, here he is. He's been on the job a little over a year, and now we're seeing a nomination for College Football Hall of Fame. And now if he gets in, and a lot of people think, okay, he's going to get in. How do you deny Randy Moss? If he's on the ballot, how do you deny voting for Randy Moss? And again, if he doesn't make the cut, don't come looking at me. Don't, don't yell at me. I will vote for him. That's an automatic. I don't know if I'm supposed to reveal my vote or not. It's not like the Heisman where they will, they will end me in so many ways if I reveal my vote. It's, I'm telling you, the security on the Heisman vote is insane. And I get it because – there are a lot of people out there trying to take bets to game this. A lot of gambling involved with who's going to win the Heisman. So I don't think there's a, that much gambling on the odds of who's going to get into the Hall of Fame, the College Hall of Fame. But if if I'm not uh, permitted to tell you my vote, sorry, I've done it. I'll be voting for Randy Moss. If, if his name comes up on a ballot, I'll vote him. And uh, just kind of clue you in, 
I vote for all the Marshall guys. Any Anything that I can put a Marshall player on, I will put a Marshall player on. Anytime that a Marshall player comes up in something I can vote for, I will vote for. And this is going to be an easy one for me. I'm sure it's going to be an easy one for a lot of people. But what took so long? That's, that's the question. Here's the question. What took so long? Why is it taking this long? Because, again, 10 years. 10 years. Eligible in 10 years. So do you have, a, have an idea of why? Why would this take so long? His final season, 1997. So you're eligible 10 years after. So what took so long and getting this push through? I'm curious to that. That's what I want to find out, why it took this long to get this push through. It's not one of those situations where if he was on the ballot sooner, we would you know, we, and we didn't hear about it. No, he's not been on the, on the ballot. He hasn't been put up. So now he's been put up. Why does it take so long? Text lines 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I mean, that, that's the big question here. He's got the numbers. He's got the statistics, right? He's transformed the game. He put Marshall University football on the map. Before him, Marshall was a, a program that had built itself back up, was now a competitive team in the Southern Conference, one AA team, flirted with the, with the playoffs, got into the playoffs and got a brand-new stadium as well, and then started to – because facilities will help. You get a new facility, and that's going to give you a boost. And Jim Donnan leads the Thundering Herd to its first national championship in 1992. We forget that sometimes. That Jim Donnan was the architect of the first national championship. And I don't want anyone to forget that. Nobody should forget that. He was the guy. First one is always the best one because it's the first one. Yeah, the next one's just as sweet, but the first one, 1992, national champion, Jim Donnan. And yeah, don't forget guys like Troy Brown. Yeah, very, very important. But Brandy Moss comes in, and it puts Marshall on another level because everyone is excited to see what Randy Moss can do. And then once Randy Moss does Randy Moss things, more people are more excited for him. And so – Undefeated in 1996, and also a tremendous season in 1997, wins the MAC championship, and that's something special as well. Our text line's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We're going to get your text in. We'll start that up when we continue with this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to The Drive for Friday, May 26th. Our text line this hour is open 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our number to be a part of today's program. There are several players from Marshall that are in the College Football Hall of Fame. I was making sure I had my my list correct. Before we get into that, let's go to the text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter writes in and says, It seems the herd has done a pretty crummy job of keeping legends outside of Curry, Brown, and Pennington connected to the program. Why do you say that is? 
what do you say to that statement? When you, when you hear that statement, what, what do you say to that? What makes you think that Marshall hasn't done a good enough job? Is there something Marshall should be doing better? Is there something that is keeping Marshall from doing that? Are there some reasons? Why, why do you say that? And I'll leave that text line open for you, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So if you are interested in who is in the Hall of Fame, from Marshall, you have, and if I'm wrong, someone someone correct me. I will um, I'll make sure I have the full, complete list if I miss anyone, but I don't think I've missed anyone. It's Jackie Hunt, Mike Barber, Troy Brown, Michael Payton. And on the coaching side, Jim Donnan. That's it. That's it. That's that's the that's the list. On the coaching side, just Jim Donnan. But on the player side, Jackie Hunt, iconic in his day. Mike Barber, one of my all-time faves. Troy Brown, one of my all-time faves. Michael Payton, one of my all-time faves. Always a good guy to talk to. Didn't get a chance to do it enough. Little known fact, he was a broadcasting guy. Yeah, he comes in the WMUL one day when I was over at the student radio station, and it's like you're in broadcasting. You're you're really okay, cool. So obviously didn't get to see much of him. He was a little busy on the football field. So uh, that's it. Those are the players. Texter says Moss and Leftwich deserve honors as well. Well, Leftwich isn't on the list. Chad Pennington isn't on the list. Do you think after Moss you go you start pushing some of those guys? Do you push? You push Moss through, and then you, you start pushing, hey, let's get Chad Pennington in there now. Let's get Byron Leftwich in there now. Okay, I'm going to ask that question. I'll give you the opportunity. Obviously, with the announcement today that Randy Moss has been formally, officially nominated for induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, what do you think? Is there is there a player outside of the, the two we mentioned? We mentioned Chad Pennington. We mentioned Byron Leftwich. Is there a player from Marshall University that is worthy of induction into the College Football Hall of Fame? Or you can support Leftwich, you can support Pennington as well. Those are the easy ones. I've made that one for you. Would you, you push Pennington first, right, over Leftwich? I mean, I'm not trying to slight anyone here, but you would push push one, then push the other, try to be strategic about this. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And, of course, with Randy Moss, also a National Football Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer. So he definitely has the resume, not only at the college level, but at the professional level as well. So it makes sense. If you're going to nominate someone that's not been nominated, Randy Moss is your guy. He's your guy. It's a good story. He's a West Virginia native. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. Let's get you caught up on what happened with the NCAA Championship East preliminaries. We've got some good news. Micah Aline ran a time of 57.79, 400-meter hurdles, so she has advanced to Saturday's quarterfinals. 
she is getting closer to her dream of competing for NCAA championship in Austin, Texas. Now, unfortunately, Macy Mayjoy did not advance. She is now the greatest pole vaulter in martial history, but this wasn't enough. She was tied for 23rd with a vault of 397, so she did not qualify for the NCAA championship final. Also, Micah Aleem will be competing on Saturday, as I think uh, I just mentioned, and uh, Rebecca Merritt's going to be competing in the discus on Saturday as well. And then Tyra Thomas finished 31st in the 60-meter hurdle with a time of 13.45, and she is the school's indoor 60-meter hurdle record holder. So uh, congratulations. There are a lot of uh, achievements and accomplishments here that we should at least acknowledge and let's uh, all pull now for Rebecca and Micah as uh, they still have opportunities. So this isn't over just yet, but we're pulling for both of them. Unfortunately, um, I won't be able to talk about it on Monday. We're not going to have a show Monday. We got baseball. We have baseball Monday and Wednesday going to take us off the air. Just uh, want to give you a program note. If you're tuning in on Monday on your, on your Memorial day, expecting to hear the show, unfortunately won't be here. We'll have baseball on uh, unless there's a, a torrential rain delay, but we still will have um, the show on Tuesday and then Thursday and then Friday. So we'll be back three times next week. Something I wanted to talk about for a couple of days. Uh, we had a lot of other things to get into, and uh, I thought this could hold a little bit. But uh, recently out of the Daily News record, uh, Shane Metlin covers Sunbelt, covers a lot of things coming out of these meetings, and According to his reporting, this was uh, at the, the recent meetings, the Sunbelt Conference is trying to improve its basketball product and increase the chances of receiving an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Okay, that sounds great. So one of the things that the league has identified is scheduling. It's the key factor. And this was what was talked about during the annual spring meetings. Now, according to the reporting from Shane and all of his hard work, yeah, he's identified that the Sun Bell have four teams ranked in the top 100 of the net rankings, which is an improvement compared to the previous year. And despite that improvement, only one team out of the Sun Belt made the NCAA tournament and won NIT bid. So the league determined, deemed that, actually, uh, that was disappointing. And so now there's a push to make sure that everyone, top-down, top-down, everyone at each institution is doing the very best job possible in improving the schedule. The conference net ranking did improve from 17th to 14th, and Louisiana did get a 16th seed in the NCAA tournament. So what they're trying to do here is they want to schedule and win, and this sounds like really the obvious solution here. They want to schedule and win non-conference games in home arenas. They think that is vital for further success. So, there's going to be some enforcement here. I mean, right now, these are sort of guidelines. We're walking you towards the path here to eventually do this, and, and maybe the league will get a little tougher on this. But more home games is the consensus. More home games. And there might be penalties and incentives to ensure that programs adhere to this. Now, here's the bad news. Sunbelt teams played an average of 3.7 non-conference games at home against Division I opponents last season. Here's the good news. Marshall was fine. Marshall was able to improve the scheduling. 
So this wasn't something that Marshall contributed to. Marshall actually was on the high side of this. So the league and the coaches think that this is going to be the way forward. Having more Division I games at home would improve the conference's net ranking. And so if teams can't get on board with this, don't want to get on board with this, there could be some, some fines, including withholding NCAA tournament shares, also disallowing teams from the conference tournament. Could you imagine if you didn't have a schedule that met the guidelines that you would be disallowed from the conference tournament? And I'm going to be quite honest with you here. I don't think every team should go to the conference tournament, to be quite honest. I get it. You want to make this as uh, inclusive as possible. Uh, no. Take the top eight. Make it mean something. Take the top eight and go. Top eight, you can do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to play Friday, play Saturday, play Sunday. I get it. You want to bring everybody. Everybody gets to go. Does everybody deserve to go? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You do not need to bring every basketball team. You bring the top eight. That's how it should be. Bring the top eight. You can play a game on Saturday, Sunday if you want. Start it on Friday. I don't care. But you could have eight teams. That's four games. Then you have two games and you have one game. And then you can you can do that with the women as well. Have eight and eight. All at one tournament location, and that's fine. Work that schedule out to make it uh, as fair as possible here. You can alternate between men's games and women's games if you like. If you want to have that full tournament experience, that's fine too. I'm not against all of that, but I would limit this thing to eight teams. I don't think because you can do this, you should. I think the tournament should be for the very best in your conference. and I think that might help a little bit. I don't know. Because once a team gets lucky or hot, and I get the, the thrill a little bit of this. I get the thrill of it's like, okay, anyone can win. Where's Cinderella coming from here? But... And at the same time, if you're a top team, you need to win your games. Marshall had an opportunity to win its final regular season game and win the regular season championship. Failed to do so. Marshall had an opportunity to win in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. Failed to win its opening game. So Marshall had two shots. Had a shot at winning the regular season, which would have guaranteed you the NIT. You win the regular season, you guarantee yourself the NIT. That in itself is a reward. And then you go play for the NCAA tournament. Marshall is unable to do that. But now the league has acknowledged that the conference needs to have a better schedule. So the goal is to have all 14 teams host at least seven Division I opponents in the coming years. And not only just host, but win. That's the other thing. It's great to say we want to have all these Division I teams coming in. We'd rather you have, instead of bringing the Division IIs in, the NAIAs, which I hate that. You want to do that in exhibition, that's fine. You want to do that in regular season, I don't like that. I like playing those schools in exhibition. But the league wants a non-conference winning percentage of 600 or better. And now the league is trying to convince a lot of programs to prioritize home games over these one-off road games for financial gains. Now, I think you're going to have to now and then. You're going to have to take a money game. If you're a program like Marshall, you're going to have to take a money game. You absolutely will need to. But getting a lot of these programs on board, because we have seen programs that put 
themselves on the road forever just to fund the athletic department. Maybe it's not so bad at the at the Sun Belt level, but there are programs that go on the road a lot for financial gain. It's an interesting it's an interesting debate to see how to game this season coming up and the next season after that and the next season. How do you game the schedule? How do you how do you improve? Ultimately, you want to try to improve the Sun Belt to a point where you can get an at-large bid. I get that. You got the one automatic bid. You're trying to improve that. You'd like to be maybe a two or three bid league. Let's be honest. If you're in the Sun Belt, you're going to maybe be a one, two, or three league, depending on how good of a season you are. I wouldn't expect anything higher than that. But one NIT bid, one bid in the NCAA tournament was the automatic bid, and that was it. On the flip side, Old Conference USA had a heck of a season, did it not? Old Conference USA had a fantastic postseason, did it not? And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Memorial Day is coming up. Take a moment, if you could, to to remember the reason why we have Memorial Day. And then, I'm not trying to put a downer on it, but enjoy your holiday. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the long few days off. I'll be back with you Tuesday. Until then, if you would do me a favor, I would appreciate this. Uh, If you would subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. That'll work. And if you could find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan, and give me a follow as well. Every little bit helps as uh, you get an opportunity to find out what's happening with the show sometimes before we go on the air. And we do other fun things. That's going to do it. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.